Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, everybody? Hope everybody is doing amazing. This is your host, Scott Hansen, uh, back with another amazing episode here on Success Hackers. Normally, we do a lot of intros, and uh, and I do kind of my coaching my coaching tip, but um, we have a really special guest on the show today, so I'm going to jump right in into uh, the content so we can uh, we could fill the airwaves here with uh with the amazing individual that we're going to be bringing on very very shortly but make sure to stay all the way to the end because i have something brand new that i want to share with all of you all right hacker nation let's get down to business we're about to speak to someone that literally can help you today starting today Start making your business extremely profitable. As a business coach, as a business strategist that works with business owners all over the country, one of the things that always is this big question mark is, yeah, we can we can you know help you with the top line revenue, we can help you with sales and marketing, but if you're not paying yourself, if your business isn't producing more profits, then at the end of the day, is it really truly a successful business? Our guest today is going to uh, help us get past all of those things. So today... Our featured guest is Mr. Mike McCallowitz. Mike, are you ready to rock? Scott, I am ready to rock and roll, my brother. I love it. I love it. Mike McCallowitz is the entrepreneur behind three multi-million dollar companies and the author of Profit First, The Pumpkin Plan, and what Business Week deemed the entrepreneur's cult classic, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Mike is a former small business columnist for The Wall Street Journal and the former business makeover specialist on MSNBC. He is globally recognized as the guy who challenges outdated business beliefs and teaches us what to do about it. It is my pleasure to introduce Mike McCallowitz. Mike, it is so great to have you on Success Hackers, man. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's a joy to be here. I really appreciate this, Scott. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for being here. I, uh, I, you know, in prepping for the interview... I actually talked talk to Mike um, before the show and uh, told him that um, as a business strategist, again, working with business owners and entrepreneurs, I've been implementing with my clients um, some of the stuff that you guys are all going to learn here today. So I'm super fired up to have Mike on the show. Tell us a little bit. Of, you know, I, I was prepping for the for the show, of course, like mm-hmm. I always do, Mike, and I and I learned and read that you lost a million dollars in two years. <laughs> yeah. Starting off with a positivity moment here, I know, but what, what, what actually happened? How did it, what happened there? Yeah. You started with a needle to the <laughs> eye. Um, so I, I had the good fortune of selling a couple companies. One, one I had, uh, my first company was sold to private equity. I sold my second company to a fortune 500 and, uh, the, you know, th- that's a nice resume kind of bullet points. Um, but I was in this belief that I had to make money by pumping and dumping businesses. I, I those businesses were never profitable when I was running them. They were surviving check by check. Um, but I sold them, so I said, "Oh, okay. I just got to replicate this." I started a third company that I now conveniently leave off my resume. That was an angel investing fund, my own money. 
I started 10 businesses simultaneously and I had no right to be in that space. I was chock full of arrogance and ignorance and uh, all those businesses collapsed. Mm. So shamefully, I blew money on that business and I, I blew it on arrogance too. Like, you know, I need to have a house out in Hawaii. We got a, went on a sabbatical on a private island in Hawaii and I, uh, the big, you know, the expensive house, the, the cars, all that stuff. And uh, just blew my money within two years. Mm. And uh, I, I am now the, so grateful for that because that, that rock bottom moment awakened me to the fact that I know very little about entrepreneurship, that I need to endeavor to learn about it. And I pray it's yanked out the arrogance I had back then. I, I, I hope that never seeps back into me. It's interesting, frankly, how you talked about that right off the bat, because one of the one of the areas of the of the podcast here is what we call the defining moment or, mm. um, you know, the, the fail forward moment. And it sounds like that was really um, the defining moment, the fail forward moment when you hit this rock bottom. When you hit this rock bottom and you obviously, I always tell the, the listeners, you, you know, you literally have two choices. You either go back to your old life or the old way or you, you learn from it and obviously springboard off of it. You obviously springboard off of it. Obviously, a lot of things have happened since then, but you, you came up with this thing called the profit first, this methodology, this formula. Um, I wish we had two and a half hours to talk <laughs> about this. I really do. But um, tell us, tell, tell the listeners, you know, maybe from a 30,000 foot level, Mike, what, what the profit first is. Yeah. So, you know, the traditional formula for profitability is a profit last formula. It, the, the traditional formula is sales minus expenses equals profit. And what we're telling ourselves, while it makes logical sense, right? You have to have sales, you subtract out your costs and what's left over, left over is profit. That's very obvious. But behaviorally, what we're telling ourselves is that profit is the final consideration. Mm. And in execution, for many of us, profit doesn't get considered until you know tax time, the end of the year. When it doesn't happen, we say, oh, maybe next year. Um, and if you think about it, when we say something comes last, what we're saying is it's insignificant. Like I would never say, I'm going to start putting my health last or I'm going to start putting my family last. Like that means it's insignificant. So what I did with the profit first formula is flip it. It's now sales minus profit equals expenses. And if, if you're familiar with basic mathematics, that's a, a variable swap. It, it doesn't do anything logically. It's the exact same thing. But behaviorally, it's a radical change. Because in action, what I'm saying with the profit first formula is every time we have a sale, immediately take a predetermined percentage of that money, allocate it toward a profit account, hide it away from your business, and run your business off the remainder. It's effectively the pay yourself first system applied to business. Mm. And is this did this basically stem from that loss, that uh, aha moment that you had when you lost the money and everything that you just shared with us, you know, a few minutes ago? Yeah, because because those businesses, when I was running them, they I was struggling to ever have a profit, and I was just lucky to accumulate money at the very end when I sold it. And, and the vast, vast majority of businesses will never sell. I was just lucky to have two in a row. I mean, really lucky. But at the same regard, I didn't know how to retain the money. And what Profit First does, when you start taking your profit first, you ensure permanent profitability because you are taking that money first and you're hiding it. But now it's forced frugality because there's less money available to operate your business. You have to figure out how to sustain on less money, how to be more innovative, how to facilitate growth with less money. And it's a beautiful thing because when there is less flow of money to the business, 
you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. You come out with these these extraordinary ideas. Um, your business starts to speak to you. If you can't pay your bills, your business is telling you you can't afford those bills. Cut costs, increase margin, think innovatively. So, uh, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, someone that might be listening might be saying, wait a second, hold on. You know, what, you know, you hear one expert talking about focus on that top inch, you know, of, of the P&L or of your balance sheet and, you know, what you can control, which is sales, sales, sales. You got to go out and get more sales, get more sales, get more sales. So for someone, they might, they might say, well, is this just a, like you said, a frugality play where you're just, you're cutting everything, you're, you're microscoping everything so that you're actually not focusing on more sales? Is it a combination of both? What would you say to that person? Yeah. So it's only, a frugality play in the beginning. So for most businesses that implement profit first, if they're an existing business, I find they can cut 10% of the fat. But if you cut more than that into a business, you start cutting muscle. So it's it's the office space that you justify that you need um, because it impresses customers, yet customers never come there. You know, those type of things. Right. Those are easy to cut. But at a certain point, surely, if you keep on cutting costs, you're actually damaging the business. The, the greater part of profit first is once you cut unnecessary costs. Step two is now bringing about innovation, increasing margin, delivering more value to your customers. The most interesting part is uh, when I talk to people about, you know, I got to grow, man, I got to sell more. We now have well over 100,000 businesses that have implemented Profit First. We have over 3,000 documented case studies. And here's what we've identified, that business after business that implements Profit First actually grows faster than their industry contemporaries, which actually initially when we found out this data, I was shocked. But now I know the reason. When we take our Profit First, uh, it forces less forced frugality. There's less business. There's less money for the business. And what that means is then you have to be much more targeted in your use of the money. Most businesses, they use all their money. They say, well, you know, I think we should do Facebook ads or I think we should try doing this and try doing that. And it's just thought, but there's no quantitative effort put into it. So it's almost a random testing. Well, now you have to say, well, I got less money available. What actually works for me? So you're more selective in what you do. You also often narrow down your product or service set to the things that are productive. Often many businesses do stuff that isn't. Mm. And when you focus on a narrow offering for a narrow community, that forces niche specialization. And niche specialization often results in a great reputation because now you're catering to a specific community serving them better than they've ever been served, and the word of mouth kicks in. So Profit First reverse engineers niche specialization, which then brings about word of mouth, and these businesses start to skyrocket in growth. It's, it's a fascinating phenomenon, but I see it over and over again in businesses that implement Profit First. I, I, I love what you just shared. I mean, because the reality of it is, is uh, this is kind of the needle in the eye again, but a lot of business owners don't know how to make profits or their profits aren't where they need them to be, or frankly – they don't put enough effort into looking at the numbers or maybe it's even understanding the numbers. So what would you say to that person that says, you know, I own the manufacturing business or the software business or the the, the bakeries and I, I do what I do and then I have my accountant, sort of my bookkeeper handle all of that. But frankly, yeah. I'm not really good at that piece of it. What would you say to that that person? Yeah. So I'd say you're a human being <laughs> because <laughs> most most entrepreneurs are not good at the numbers. And the response or the result is avoidance. I don't want to look at the income statement or cash flow statement or whatever. I don't even know what a cash flow statement is, honestly. Right. 
And most of us revert to what's called bank balance accounting. We need to know something, like do we have money or not? So we log into our bank account. I bet you most people are probably nodding their head right now. Oh yeah, I, I log in my bank account once a month or once a week or you know, I'm checking right now. Like that's normal. And so what Profit First is, is a cash management system that works with your bank accounts. If you wanna have radical improvement in your business, I guess any aspect of your life, there's still only two ways to get there. Change your behavior, which is very hard, or change the system that captures your existing behavior to drive the results you want. And that's what Profit First is. If you're the type of person that logs into your bank account and doesn't read the accounting system statements and all that stuff, this will work for you because we're gonna set up multiple accounts at your bank. So when you log in, money will be pre-allocated to its intended use. Before you spend a dime, you know what the money's use is for, paying salaries, uh, making sure that there's profit reserved, paying the tax bill that's inevitably gonna sh shock you if you don't prepare for it, and how much is money left over to run the business. So before you take a single action, you'll know what to do, and the best part is you don't have to change your human behavior. Just keep logging to that bank account like you always have. And Hacker Nation, towards the end, we'll actually hit provide a link where you can actually go check out obviously all of what, what Mike's talking about with the profit first and everything that we're talking about here. One of the things that I find really, really interesting about, um, about this is that, you know, in the book you say the GAAP and the Frankenstein formula. Can you, can you walk us through what that is? Yeah, so GAAP is also called GAAP and it stands for Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny because these are the general rules we follow. The foundational formula, we already referred to it, for GAAP is sales minus expenses equals profit. That's what all of foundational accounting is based upon for the last 300 years. And why I call it the Frankenstein formula is we're putting profit last. So for how it executes in most businesses is uh, we run our business and at the end of the month or the end of the quarter, we send our numbers to the accountant or for many small businesses, it's actually only once a year. Right. And the accountant comes back and says, hey, um, sorry, you didn't have a profit this year. Maybe next year. And we go, oh, shucks, we don't use those words, but oh, shucks, no profit. Maybe 365 days from now, it'll happen. So we literally keep delaying profit. And what happens is the business starts eating itself. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've lived through it where I was living on that formula of profit coming last, the gap formula, where there was no money left at the end of the day, that I refinanced my house to cover payroll. I actually started to resent my business. Mm. I, I, it was like the Frankenstein monster. You know, you bring something to life, your business, and then you find out it starts to chase you and kill you. That's what Frankenstein did in the book. Right. So that's what this formula does. And my solution, again, is a simple variable swap. If you start taking your profit first, I, I realize, and some people are listening and probably even skeptical, it sounds like a simple shell game. I get it. I, I would have never done this myself. But 10 years ago, I was in such a desperate situation, I was willing to try out something radically different, but radically simple. And it's a it's an immediate shift. Once that first profit gets allocated, and I was just taking like a small percent, one or 2% of my income. So the first profit allocation was like a few dollars, quite frankly, but man, I felt relief. For the first time, I saw cash at my bank sitting there specifically for profit, and it started building that profit muscle and now you know it, it's accumulated where I'm, I'm taking a sizable percentage of money toward profit, and my business is healthier than ever before. You talked about behavior, you know, and you talk about how this yeah. this is a shift in behavior, this is a shift in habit. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, we've been sort of operating our, our our business one way, and then now, 
you know, someone's listening to say, well, that, that makes a ton of sense. I want to give it a shot. I want to make more profit. I want to take more money off the top for myself, for the future of the business. But then everything like you talked about before about comes down to habit and, and yeah. discipline. Yeah. How hard is it for someone in the beginning to try to implement this and then the money that they're able to sort of quote them, even though they can see it, they can't necessarily dive into it because yeah. that habit and that discipline has to be put aside for later. Is that, was that, would that be uh, safe to say that it's, it's probably one of the hardest parts in the beginning? Yeah, the, the setup is definitely the hardest. And the nice thing is your basic habit doesn't need to change. Keep logging to that bank account. But we do need to do some structure setup, and that's that's the difficult part. You do have to go to your bank and set up multiple accounts. There's actually what we call the five foundational accounts, uh, the income account, the profit account, the owner's compensation account, which is different than profit, uh, tax, and the operating expense account. So, you know, you have to spend an hour or two down there. But this is like, there used to be this thing called the envelope system uh, that was used in yesteryear. And this is where, for your personal accounts, when you had money uh, that came in from the work you did, you'd actually divide up the cash into physical envelopes. One was for food, one was for your rent or mortgage, one was to give back to your community, and so forth. When you went food shopping, you grab the food envelope, and that's what you work with. This is the exact same concept. Right. But the the other problem that people run into is... uh, they, they, if they can get past setting up the accounts, which is, you know, it's a couple of hours of work, but then you're done once, once it's done, it's permanently done is, uh, some people get excited about profit first and say, I'm going to do the entire system. I'm going to set up 20% profit allocations. I'm going to pay myself the most I've ever paid. And that's too abrupt of a shift. So the second little thing we need to do is move slowly. Once the accounts are set up, I suggest a business that's never been historically profitable, one that's never done quarterly profits, start with 1% of your income. So if you bring in $1,000, I'm saying take 10 bucks, put that in a profit account. Because if you can run your business off 1000 bucks, you can run your business off $990. That's almost, uh, you can't be disputed. But what, what you start seeing now is money piling up in your profit account and you start building this confidence. Right. And then we start growing over time. It's okay to take months or even a year to move to bigger percentages in our profit account. And uh, for the vast majority of people that have implemented profit first, they never turn back. Yeah, like I said, I... I, I was sharing with Mike offline here that one of the clients that I've been working with for the last several years, um, he's in the construction business. We started to work with uh, with the Profit First formula, um, and uh, he's more excited today than he has been, not only because the business is growing, but he start, he's starting to see more of the, um, the profit, like you said, in his business. And all of these things between the coaching that we're doing, between the Profit First and everything else, um, I was sharing with Mike that uh, this, this particular client was able to hit Inc. Five, you know, being part of the Inc. Five Thousand list of one of the fastest growing companies in the country, so it's you know part due to what we're doing as a, from a coaching perspective, but also with the profit first and builds a confidence. When you, it's like anything else, when you build a confidence, you feel better about yourself, you feel better about the business, and it's um, it's almost like a whole new you know shakeup in your business in a positive way because this person, this business owner, is happier than he's been in years. It's funny. I got a call from a client, uh, a client, a user, I should say, of Profit First, just uh, recently, and the, their quarterly taxes were due, mm. and they said we were jumping for joy. And I'm like, what do you mean? They said, I can't believe this, but taxes were due. I couldn't wait to pay taxes because the system, the Profit First system, had reserved the taxes for us. They said for the and this business has been around for a while. They said for the 20 years prior, uh, we've never been prepared for taxes. We always got angry and and caught off guard for the first time, no surprise. And uh, 
profit first is all based upon behavioral theory. So that's my little passion on the side. And so um, there's a lot of behavioral mechanisms. One's called Parkinson's law. There's another one called loss aversion. And that one applies to taxes. What happens is when a company gives us money, we take our salary from it or our distributions, and then we possess that money for a short period, but the government sticks its long arm in and says, give me your taxes. It feels like it's stealing or taking from us. So we experience loss aversion, which basically is a uh, illogical and excessive response in the contrary. Uh, we have resentment. What we do with Profit First is the business reserves your taxes on your behalf. So it actually tucks your taxes away without you ever touching them, so to speak. Now when the tax man comes and pulls the taxes, the business is paying the taxes on your behalf. And this can be done regardless if you have an S-Corp or an LLC. It's regardless of the formation, there's different ways to structure it, but uh, the, the business is paying the taxes. So when that happens, now it's in our pocket, we don't experience loss aversion. There's no illogical response. We're like, oh, all right, tax taken care of by the business. This is awesome. It ain't my problem. Now, if you look at a very logical standpoint, that money could have gone to you. It's still your money that the government's taking. But since we categorized it and prevented it from touching you in the first place, you don't feel that loss mechanism and you feel relief. So Profit First is all around setting up a structure that works with our natural behavior and without requiring us to change, yet experiencing better results. And it seems like you keep writing these best-selling books. Uh, Clockwork came out a few months ago, um, yeah. back in August, September last year. Seven steps to make you make your business run by itself. Yeah. Um, again, I wish we had a few hours to go into all this, but you talk about know your 4D mix, declare the QBR, protect and serve the QBR, capture systems, balance the team, commit yep. to a community, and break free. I would imagine just by the title, Seven Steps to Make Your Business Run by Itself, when you have these pillars in place, is it the, is it the methodology and the mindset of, I don't, want the, I don't want me to be the superstar in the business. How do I sort of remove myself so that the yeah. business runs by itself? Is it safe to say that? Yeah, yeah. There's a mindset shift. Um, and it's interesting. I found, uh, I believe my life's purpose is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. And what I mean by that, there's this gap between what the world thinks we are. Every entrepreneur is ridiculously rich and sits on the beach drinking Mai Tais. <laughs> but the reality is most of Isn't us that where you're at right now? Yeah, right, right, right. I'm on the beach right now, right? <laughs> Most of us are <laughs> struggling to make a penny and we're working our asses off. So in clockwork, I explored the process of removing ourselves from the business and uh, meaning the business isn't dependent upon us. But since it's our business, if we decide to insert ourselves back into the business, we can, but no dependency. Mm -hmm. And this transition from doing work inside the business to designing the outcomes for our business is a throttle. So those seven steps is a sequence of moving us through. And the first thing to your point, Sky, is the mindset. Many entrepreneurs, myself in particular, had what I call the superhero syndrome. That's where I swoop in and save the day yet again from that client that's pissed or that employee that's threatening to leave. I always am able to salvage the business. And there's a problem with that. Superheroes, if you look at them, have a significant problem. They disable their team, their army, from defending themselves. Every time Superman would defend the world from Lex Luthor, the army and the police yet again did not learn how to defeat Lex right. Luthor. In fact, with the Batman scenario, you know, they had a, a special hotline to call Batman because we were so desperate to be saved. Mm. Well, that's what we're doing as superheroes for our business. We're defeating our own colleagues, our own employees from mastering the skills to run the business on their own. 
the second part of the superhero syndrome is if we swoop in to fight the evil, we often are leaving a wake of destruction. You know, Superman destroys all those buildings. There's no movie about them rebuilding the buildings that Superman destroyed. Right. But that's what we do. We come in, we, we save the day, but we leave a wake of destruction behind us that our employees need to clean up. So in the mindset shift, we need to no longer see ourselves as superheroes. We need to see ourselves as super visionaries. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And in Hacker Nation, again, we'll have we'll have links where you can go to not only check out what we're talking about from the profit first, but of course, as well as clockwork. I want to shift for a second. You've already talked about sort of your fail forward moment um, when you when you went up against it and then things started to shift and you started to shift based on the loss and everything that you shared in the opening opening uh, part of our, our, our show here. But I, I want to shift on something we call the success hack. Our Hacker Nation community, Mike, listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to really help themselves grow themselves and their business. You've already shared a ton of practical, tangible takeaway stuff, which has been amazing. But if you were to narrow it down to just one, a business owner is listening right now, realizing that the way things have been run can't be the way things can be run in the future. I need to have more profit in my business to, to expand so the business is healthier, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that you've been through in your life and your business journey, can you narrow it down to maybe one success hack that you can give to our listeners to say, starting today, this yeah. is what I would do? Yeah, you know, there's so many things you can do, but you do need to go in sequence. And for most businesses, it is mastering profit. So I'll, I'll give you the profit first single tip that you can literally can have, you can achieve permanent profit today if you do this. It's two steps. Go to the bank, and I, I talked about five accounts. I would actually argue to get started, just set up one account. Mm. So go to the bank, set up a savings account, and call it profit. You can nickname it. That's step one. Step two, allocate 1% of any revenue that comes into your company into that profit account. So if 100 bucks comes in today, take a buck, move it over. Mm. 10,000 bucks, take $100. And the reason we do such a small amount is it will have no adverse effect on your business, but you will start seeing money pile up in a profit account. And I suspect at the end of this quarter or the end of this year or whenever you do it, you have more profit accumulated in there than you ever have through any other means, and all that money is available for you. It's profit. And that's where people start learning they can ramp up this method. I understand skepticism. I get it and appreciate it. You got to prove to yourself that this works, and maybe it doesn't. But to get started, that's the simple hack. Just get that one account set up, do the 1%, and then prove or disprove to yourself that you can become permanently profitable. Mike, we are now entering the randomness round. But before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, do you feel stuck in your business, maybe even hit a plateau? Maybe you're not sure how to market effectively, drive leads, get new clients, become more productive or even more profitable in your business, or even scale on how to go bigger this year, then you're absolutely going to love this. I'm offering a handful of what I'm calling scholarships out to the Success Hacker community. This is a business breakthrough. It's a 60-minute call with me personally. And I will help you get crystal clear on your goals. And during the call, I will help you create a 12-month growth strategy that can help you, again, bring in new sales, new clients, as well as I will help you actually find up to $100,000 in untapped revenues in your business without you spending a cent on marketing. If you want one of these free business breakthrough sessions, go to 60minutebreakthrough.com. That's 60minutebreakthrough.com. Okay, Mike, we are back and about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. 
All right. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Mike, are you ready for the randomness round? Probably not. <laughs> Let's do it anyway. I love it. Best advice you've ever received? Uh, do not listen to me. It was shocking, actually. It was my first business coach. I asked him a question about selling something to customers. He said, I will tell you, but do not listen to me. And I was, I was like, what? He says, listen, I'll give you my opinion, but the person that knows best on what they need to buy is the buyer themselves. Always listen to your customer. Be very careful of listening to experts in a case like that. What is a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Uh, it's just exercise. I do it every morning when I wake up, either a bike ride or in the weight room or something like that. And uh, I just I feel jacked after that. So I'm ready to rock and roll. If I don't work out for an extended period, I miss two or three days, I start dragging. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Oh, yeah. So you, you ain't hot shit, Mike. That's <laughs> what I'd say. Because by that point, I already had my first company. I was already married, had a child. I was rock and roll. And I thought I had everything going on together. And uh, I started becoming a dick. Mm. And I don't think – I don't. I hope I didn't present outwardly like talking that way. But I know now my my belief was I was better than other people, better than other entrepreneurs, and that's the definition of dickhood. So <laughs> I would uh, I would just say, dude, wake up, man. You ain't better than anyone, pal. <laughs> you know, we've had 135 interviews, and I've never heard anybody said dickhood. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Probably never will again. And probably never will again. Yeah. What's the one trait that you have that you feel has contributed mostly to your success? I think it's a – I realize I'm in marathons, so uh, when I go after something, I realize that I'm going to be doing this process for eons, so uh, I just don't quit. I just keep going and going and going, so when I became an author, uh, I knew I would never stop, and I saw other authors go sailing by me with their phenomenal stuff, but that didn't didn't discourage me. I didn't say, I have to give up. I suck. I knew if I just keep chipping along, chipping along, I'll slowly make progress, and that's just the kind of guy I am. What is a hidden talent? that you have that most people may not know about you? I can play guitar, I, not not extremely well, but I can definitely belt out some, some blues riffs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't play that often, so maybe not many people would know that. What is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? And if you have to, you know, mention your own books, feel free. If not, you know, if there's another one, you know, mention that. Yeah, you know, I want to mention another one. I, I don't read my own books, really. I mean, I write them, but I, I, listen, I write them and I follow them. But I don't sit back and I reread them um, necessarily. The book that really kind of opened my eyes, uh, it was unexpected. It was a book for manufacturers. It's called The Goal, G-O-A-L. And it's about manufacturing processes, but it applies to every single business on the planet. The author, his name is Eli Goldratt. And it's just such a fascinating, simplified understanding of how businesses run and how to make them super efficient. And that can apply to any business. Any business. I, I don't care who. you got to read this book, The Goal. G-O-A-L. If you can recommend one social media tool or any oh. service or overall service to our Hacker Nation, what would that be? I found it. I know it. It's called Bonjuro. Huh. And this, I don't know if you've heard of this, but no. this tool allows you to communicate via video with anyone in a single click. So if someone comes to my website, for example, and takes a process or takes an action I want them to take, like fills out a form or maybe just clicks on this thing, it sends me a notice uh, in my Bonjuro app 
with one click, I hold down the button. It records whatever I want to say. I'm like, hey, Scott, thanks for you know mm. checking out my website. Release it, and it emails it to you, and now you see a live video of me. It is such a differentiator. People are blown away when they get personalized videos. Well, Mike, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely, absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your books, the Profit Thank First you. formula, or anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah, the, the place to go is MikeMichalowitz.com. But here's the deal. I got you a shortcut for you because Michalowicz is technically impossible to spell. <laughs> so it's long, it's Polish, it's ugly. Uh, there's a better uh, domain. It's Mike Motorbike. Now, I used to I, I used to be called Mike Motorbike. I've never driven a motorcycle. That's the irony. But if you go to MikeMotorbike.com, that brings you to my site. All my book chapter downloads are, are for free. I used to write for the Wall Street Journal. It's mm. for free. I'm a podcaster, a blogger. All that stuff is up there for free. MikeMotorbike.com. Yep, nailed it. Okay. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Mike, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. Oh, and don't forget when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these episodes. And remember, if you're looking to explode your business this year and interested in learning more about that free scholarship I mentioned earlier, head over to 60minutebreakthrough.com to grab your free scholarship. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.